Welcome to Feeding Frenzy, a podcast brought to you by the Breastfeeding Resource Center. The BRC is a nonprofit organization in Abington, Pennsylvania. We're here to provide support on various parenting topics to help you get through the roller coaster ride of parenting. I'm your host, Colette Acker. Let's take this journey together. Hello and welcome to this edition of the BRC's Feeding Frenzy. We're here with Capri Key and today we're diving into potty training or potty learning. You may, you may think that it's too soon to learn about this, but time flies and this developmental step is right around the corner. So welcome Capri, thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. Sure. I want you to introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about a behavioral analyst and the role of the board-certified behavioral analyst within potty training. Well, my name is Capri Key. I am a registered behavior technician. I've been an RBT for short for five years coming on March 5th or something like that. Um, I've been in the field for about seven or eight years, and applied behavior analysis is essentially using science to impact what we call social significant behavior, which means, like, let's think quality of life and independence in relation to developmental uh, delays and uh, autism and all of the things that can also be applied to neurotypical individuals as well. So applied behavior analysis and I'm sorry, potty training in reference to a behavior analyst is, it's it's not very much different than potty training a, a neurotypical child. But in terms right. of behavior analysts and behavior analysis, we're seeking to potty train individuals based on science. So what we want to do is create an environment that's reinforcing and take data on it to to reinforce the behavior to make it a little more natural because sometimes the things that come naturally to others is not necessarily the same for an individual with autism or developmental delay. So what we do is, for for lack of a better term, we, we create the environment or contrive it. So we're taking them to the bathroom, we're sitting them down, we're making the environment great and reinforcing. They get a reinforcer after they're done and then we we take them on a on a schedule. So sometimes it's not the same for uh, parents of neurotypical children. They don't necessarily take them on a schedule. They just let them determine for themselves if they're able to. But, but in applied but, behavior analysis, it's a little different. So, but what you're saying, you have the typical the the same typical steps you need to take with both. Yes, but. Um, they may need some extra steps if there is some type of developmental delay that you have to uh, take into effect. Exactly. So our approach is basically to increase the behavior you want to see and decrease behaviors we don't. So if we want to see potty training and they're exhibiting the signs, we want to see it. So 
will create a schedule, will create a data sheet that basically says, like, usually it'll say something like the time that they went, the time that they spent on the potty, if they were successful, if they were wet or soiled or not, and then um, any notes that we may have afterwards, like if they were a little soiled, if they felt that they were wet, if they cared that they were wet, if they sat on the potty well, or and by well, I mean, like, they sat, they voided, which is, you know, cleared your batter, and then they got up. So um, what are, if we could step before that, what are some of the signs that the child is ready for this step? It's it's the same as any child. If they're taking you to the to the bathroom and they're curious about it, that's a sign. If they're, I, I think a sign is also they're going to a designated spot to use their bathroom in a pamper. If you're going to, this, the nearest corner you can find in squatting, I think it's time. It's, it's time. Um, something else is like telling you when they're wet. And by telling you, it doesn't necessarily have to be verbal, but they're leading you to the, to the pamper or diaper area. They're leading you to the wipes. They're upset about it, like crying, or they're, they're taking off their diaper. These are the signs that we're looking yeah, for. Yeah, there's a, there's a point where they're just not happy with peeing or pooping in their diaper anymore. It's uncomfortable. Like Yes, at this point, we're uncomfortable. So yeah. at this point, we can go to the potty. Like, well, you, you don't want to be soiled anymore. You don't care about it. It's not like a baby. It's 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 like a toddler telling you that they have to go to the bathroom. So yes, at that it's, point, it's, it's time. It's interesting to me because I happen to have a two-and-a-half-year-old grandson right now who's mm-hmm. uh, pointing to his diaper and going, poop, <laughs> you know. Yes. And, <laughs> and I think the interesting thing was that he started doing it before he pooped. So he's, you know, giving the signals that he's ready to do it. And I think that's another big step of not only them telling you that they've done it or them kind of indicating that it's going to happen soon. <coughs> right. Right. Like you're letting us know it's about to happen, which means you can let us know that you have to go to the bathroom at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so what age range are we typically looking at for potty training or potty learning? Um, I've, I've been pretty much asked around two, around two to three. I've had older, I haven't had younger though. So I'm, I'm not really sure what, what people in the everyday life do because I'm not a parent, but typically I'd say around two to three, mostly leading towards the three age range because it's more like you can, you can gauge in, in facial expressions and things like that. Like you can, sometimes they have that pause. <laughs> it's kind of like the dare in the headlight pause where they're just like, like something's happening. So usually you get that when they're a little older, closer to three, or it's like the the gross motor movement of, of taking you or leading you to where they need to be. That usually happens around three. So I would say three. Yeah. That deer in the headlight look, you can see it in newborns too. <laughs> when, yes. when brand new parents are changing the diaper, I'm like, cover them up, cover them up. Cause you can see the child just like starts to stare and they get this look on their face. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, so that's okay. Dogs bark in our podcasts regularly. <laughs> um, so what does potty training the process entail from the lens of a behavioral analyst? Is it more than what you've just said, like looking for those signals that they're ready? 
it's it's not really much more than that. But our focus is essentially to to change it because it's socially significant. And again, what that means is in in the broader scheme of life, we want you to be able to do the things that your peers do. And your peers are in daycare or at or in kindergarten and they're using the bathroom. So we want to make it as as close to neurotypical development as possible. And what that means is we're we're taking you to the bathroom because your peers are going to the bathroom. So in our line of work, it's 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 the peer relation, but it's also a parental relation, if you will. Like we're we're decreasing the cost over time. You're not paying for diapers, you're not paying for wipes, you're you're increasing your relation with your kid because you can do less. Like changing a diaper every however many times you have to change a diaper is is less work on you long term than if you have to take your kid to the bathroom for 15 to 20 minutes for however long it takes your kid to to void or use the bathroom. So long term, it's it's more cost effective. And the relation with with having to do so much decreases. And is there a problem like if you see developmentally that they're not ready to delay that for a little longer. Um, If there's like, have you seen certain, um, certain things that they exhibit that tells you like, they're not ready. You need to back off. Um, In in my experience, it hasn't been so much, the kid as it has been the parent. Okay. And the only time that I've seen where they weren't ready, it was like a medical issue. So that's that's not something that I can assist with. If there's a medical issue where they're like not using the bathroom, even when they're in a diaper, that's something else that needs assistance. But generally, if they're showing the signs, which is like, I'm, I'm leading you to the bathroom, I'm curious about the bathroom, I'm uncomfortable when I'm soiled. If they're doing those things and exhibiting those signs, they're ready to potty train. And so what are, what are some of the techniques, you know, so there's so many out there, there's so many books, there's the three day potty training, there's, you know, all of this type of stuff where you just like, take the diaper off, let them pee all over the place. And, you know, um, <laughs> like, what are some of the, you know, techniques where you can foster using a toilet, but not, you know, have a disaster or have the child upset because they're wetting their pants. Right. So what I've, what I've come across in this field is that it's, it's easier to be pants down and not nude. So underwear, no pants. We don't need pants. And we're taken into the bathroom on a schedule. And usually it's about 10 minutes on, 10 minutes off. And usually you'll get like a something salty and then something to drink. So we're, we're fostering the need to have to go eventually. Okay. So we're, we're definitely on a schedule, but we're, we're giving you things that will make you have to use it because you're eventually going to have to use it. Now, here's the thing. Once they're on the potty, we're making this the best potty experience they could ever have. It's the biggest party you're ever going to have in the bathroom. It's going to be amazing. It needs to have 
like the environment has to be fun because no one wants to do anything without any fun. Like even if we go to the bathroom, are you going to the bathroom with your phone or I'm sorry, without your phone? Not necessarily. Not anymore. <laughs> These yeah, days. Back when we had magazines, newspapers, we had things in the bathroom to make it a little less boring because who wants to do things that they don't really want to do? No one. So we're creating an environment that makes you want to go. It makes you want to be in here. So that means books, that means iPad, that means phone, that means whatever your kid wants to do in this bathroom, making it a great time. Once they go to the bathroom, we use what we call reinforcers, which is something that they like to increase the behavior in the future. So we want to get them something that they cannot get usually. So if that's a fruit snack or if that's a piece of chocolate or a piece of candy or or some other thing that they like is a toy from wherever that's it's still cost effective, but like they get something for using the bathroom. Right. And the reason why we do that is because we want them to do it again. Yeah. Why would you do something again if you're not being rewarded for it? So, yes. or so, reinforced by it. So hit, hit the dollar store is what you're saying. <laughs> yes. Hit the dollar store for all of the things your kid loves. And then it needs to be small enough so that you can have it on your person because it needs to be within one second of them using the toilet. Okay. Also, when you're using the toilet, I would suggest a potty and not the actual toilet because the toilet can be daunting. Like no one wants, like some little, little baby toddler does not want to be on anybody's huge toilet when they first start using the bathroom. It's, it's right. huge. They can't fit. You got to worry about them falling in. Like <laughs> we don't want to do all of that. So, Well, and for um, people like me, I have one bathroom and it's on the second floor. So when I, I had a, you know... Uh, three children, two years apart each. I needed the potty chair on the first floor and one yes. on the second floor. So we had access to it at all times. So yeah, yes. we, you may need a couple of them if you can get them. Facebook yes. marketplace or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. Cheaper options are best. Yeah. But we're making it the best time that they ever had in the bathroom. We're reinforcing them for doing it and we're keeping a schedule so that we generally know when they have to go. So eventually the 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 snacks and the and the juice kind of fades a little and it becomes an everyday thing and when that fades it's like scheduling when your kid is going to the bathroom so if you know they have to go as soon as they wake up you're taking them to the potty and then you know generally after they have had a snack or a lunch you take them to the potty 20 to 30 minutes after so that they're releasing what they just ate and then you take them after dinner and then you take them before they go to bed it's like it becomes a, a part of their schedule in a sense yeah would you suggest like before you start to create some type of log of you know when you're changing their diaper to like when yeah. it's full to kind of see how things happen um so yes. you can have a better goal for um for that schedule Yes, and it can better approximate when you can take them to the bathroom and when it'll be successful because you want them to be successful. You don't want them sitting on the toilet for 20 minutes and you get nothing and then you have to take them and play with them for 20 minutes off the toilet and then you come back and then they possibly like use the bathroom before it had been happened because we weren't cognizant of when they were or aware of when they were going to use the bathroom. So it's best to just know your, know your kid, know your, know your client, know who you're using the bathroom with. Yeah, so um, I'm just thinking personally, my uh, one child was really good with using it to um, urinate, but was having mm -hmm. difficulty 
with his stools and holding them in and not wanting to do that. And so is there is that common that they may do one okay and not the other? Very common. Very common. Because it's, it's kind of unsettling, like, like to sit on a toilet and then expect such a big moment to happen. Like, like you're <laughs> a big movement, movie. a big movement, not a big moment. <laughs> yes. A big movement. Yes. So like, like urinating is a little simpler. It's a little tinkle here and there. You're fine. But a bowel movement could be so much bigger and especially depending on what you ate. So it could be a little... It could be a little weary and it's fine, but like eventually it, it comes with time. That's and another thing that we need is patience. It's not going to happen overnight. We need patience. There are going to be accidents. There's going to be times where you don't want to, but the biggest thing is consistency and patience. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you're having difficulty with certain parts of this like are there places that you can reach out to i'm actually not too sure about that i don't really in my experience it's worked once you've once you've gotten a time down and you've made it reinforcing and everyone's having a great time in the bathroom it, it comes with time I don't, I don't really know if there's a place that you can contact, like, hey, this isn't working, like Google. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't, I don't really know. But, um, but it, so in some places, like preschools, they're required mm-hmm. to be potty trained in order to enter. So I think yeah. that can be stressful for some families if, you know, their child might be not be ready. Have you seen some children? heading closer to four where it's not happening till that point where absolutely yeah yep um some of my clients have frequented clinics where like or not clinics but you know early intervention centers where they're not prepared to to use the potty they haven't been toilet trained they're not ready um it's it's Sometimes it takes a little while, but we also want to do it across settings. So if we're doing it at the clinic, we also want you to do it at home. If you're out at a restaurant, we also want you to try at the restaurant. Is is it always feasible? No, but we definitely want you to do it across environments so that they know that this can happen literally anywhere. You're going to have to go to the bathroom somewhere. Oh, I I have a total story for that. So potty training a child, we're at the movies. She's in a diaper just for safety reasons because we're out and about. And she's like, I have to go to the bathroom. But we're watching a movie. And I'm like, you can go in your diaper this time. She's like, no, I want to potty. But I don't want to leave my other children in the movie theater while I take this child out. So I, she wouldn't do it. And I was like... Good for her in one respect, but yes. we all had to leave the movie <laughs> so she could use the bathroom and come all back. So it, it's not convenient, just like anything it's with parenting. Not. It's not convenient at all. <laughs> but casualty of war. Yeah. It just happens and happens. But we, um, in, in ter- like to bring it back to um, going to clinics or whatever, like sometimes they're just not ready but sometimes the parents are hesitant or they don't have the time to do it. So when you start in one environment, you want to go to another one. But in certain environments where 
the place is equipped to do it, it gets done. Like they're on a schedule, they're 20 minutes on, 20 minutes off, whether they have a one-to-one, which is like a, a therapist for your one kid, it's like, it, it works a little better because there's one person there with your kid for however long and they can literally adhere to the schedule and take them every 20 minutes if necessary. Yeah, so I think um, that's important to know, like if your child is in a daycare or just, you know, um, a small home daycare environment that mm-hmm. the caregiver is on the same page that you are on so yes. that we are consistent in what this child's getting. Now, you trying to do it and them leaving the children in diapers and letting them do what they want. So I think communication thing. with caregivers yes. is important. Everyone has to communicate. Everyone has to collaborate. Everyone has to be on the same page. Because if you're not, that's where we get a contrast, which is you do it in one place, but you don't do it in another. So that's that's kind of like what we see across behaviors and, and things like that. Like your kid will go to school and they'll wreak havoc and then they'll come home and you'll be like, they don't do that at home. I don't know what you're talking about. So it's right. like, it's it's kind of like a, I know where to do this. I've, I've associated where I can do certain things and where I can't. Or, so they're, at home, an- or they're angels in school and wreak havoc at home. <laughs> so it's like, I, I know that at home, I'm going to be in the potty. I'm, I'm going to have to go. But at school, they leave me in my diaper until I soil it, and I'm, I'm fine there. So yeah. it's like everyone has to be on the same page. Everyone has to agree. And we have to be willing to have the patience to stick it out. Because sometimes it's not, it's not three or four days like they tell you. Sometimes it takes a little longer. And it's fine, but everyone has to be patient enough to let it happen. Yeah. And how might uh, potty training differ with a neurotypical child versus a neurodivergent child? Are there some differences that we need to take into account? In my experience, no. In my experience, it's been that the parents aren't ready, but the kids are ready. And they're not taking into consideration that their kid is showing the signs. They're just not showing the signs as in a neurotypical child. Like a neurotypical child may say potty. A neurotypical child might just go to the potty. But if your kid has, has doesn't have verbal language, you're, you're thinking, how would I know? But you're also watching them pull their diaper off in the corner and, and just letting it be like, oh, that's, that's how they do every day. It's not really true. Like they're showing the signs. You're just not seeing it because you see them differently, which is another separate topic. But you're seeing them differently. So you're not taking into account what's actually happening. I haven't seen very many things that are different with the exception of maybe there's another medical necessity that's preventing your kid from needing to use the bathroom. That's the only thing that that could be different. But in my experience, nothing else is different. Yeah, you have to be in tune with your child and be able to see those signals and when they're ready. So what are your top three tips for parents and caregivers uh, looking to begin this whole process? Number one, recognize the signs. If your kid is going to whatever their poop place is, it is time. Don't just let them poop in the corner or the closet or wherever they're going to soil themselves and then tell you, hey, I need my diaper changed. Not a good idea. You don't want to be in that position for several years. Recognize the signs and make a plan. The plan is make a schedule or think it out. Be like, oh, I changed the diaper at 9 and I changed it again at 1.30 and then we had to do it again at 2.30 because he ate such and such and blah, blah, blah. Like we're, we're making a plan. We're making it happen. We're recognizing the signs 
and we're we're uh, we're taking it head on we're we're going to the potty it's happening we're making it the best place on earth that's the second thing we're making it the best place on earth we're super big with reinforcing every time they do it until it needs to be faded we're reinforcing it every time every time they pee on the potty we're saying you peed on it like we're making the biggest deal right. you peed on the potty congratulations you did such a good job yay give me reinforcer it's happening it's instantaneous it's the biggest party you're ever going to throw in the bathroom ever it's happening big on reinforcement <laughs> great um the last thing it's not supposed to be a bad place so like i said we're not we're not upset with them for for soiling themselves we're gonna say oh no you're wet where do we pee pee on the potty if they have the verbal language if not you're you're talking to them but you're you're talking aloud you're saying these things because they can they can hear you right. so um it's it's not a bad place we're not punishing them for being in the bathroom we're keeping them on a schedule if they have accidents it comes with the territory we're not like making the bad the bathroom a horrible place so we're reinforcing, we're bringing things inside the bathroom to make it a happy place. Like I said, iPhones, books, puzzles, magazines, whatever it is that your kid likes to do, we're doing it in the bathroom too. Yeah. It's a great place. Yeah. And I think that's, it's not going to, it's not convenient at all. Like I said before, and accidents happen and patience is the key. Am I right? Yes. And that that's my third slash fourth one. Patience, patience and consistency is definitely the most important things to have. You have to be patient and you have to be consistent. If you're neither of those things, it's not going to work out for you or your kid. Oh, well, this has been great. Do you have anything else to add or websites or anything to promote? <laughs> I don't have anything to promote. I just want everyone to be um, receptive of behavior analysis, be aware of the things that are happening we want to impact behavior, whether you want to increase something or decrease something. We are the people to call. We use science to do these things. It's not just we pulled it out of the hat and we're just going to tell you that it works. It's not how that works at all. We've, we've done the data. We've done the experiments. We've, we've done this for years. Take into account what we do. Let us know if you have any questions. We're always supposed to make people aware of what we're doing. And if something is not working, speak out on it. Or if you don't think it's working for your kid, you can always advocate for your kid. We're all about collaboration. We're all about cooperation. We're all about the children. And if you have things that you need to get done, like potty training, <laughs> yeah. we can help. Well, I love that. What a fabulous resource for families. Well, Capri, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And thank you for listening to Feeding Frenzy. We'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Feeding Frenzy. The BRC is a nonprofit organization committed to providing expert clinical and educational breastfeeding services. Find out more about us at breastfeedingresourcecenter.org.